Welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined by Vader, as always. <laughs> How's it going, Vader? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You ready to hustle? Yeah, I'm ready to hustle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Giving away the, the title of the movie. Yes. Um, Kung Fu Hustle. This was a 2004 release, so it's uh, relatively recent. You know, I say relatively recent, and it's getting farther and farther away. I keep looking at, like, 2012 <laughs> is next year, right? Nope. nope. <laughs> so it's going to be 2018. Yeah, 2004 is almost a generation away. <laughs> oh, my, oh my goodness. We're getting older. We're getting older. Um, it's directed by Stephen Chow and starring Stephen Chow as... Uh, we'll probably find to be the case if we <laughs> cover any other Stephen Chow movies. He usually is the main character in his own films, which is, which is good, I guess. You don't get too many of those, which is kind of cool. Yeah, not not too many. I can't actually think of any off the top of my head. Um, other than when like Jackie Chan is directing something, he's still playing himself in the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jackie. Actually, yeah. now you bring that up, I mm-hmm. watched a video about Jackie Chan's life. Like a, um, like a biopic? He, he was a failure. Yeah, like it was like a little short video about not giving up and, and striving for your goals. Like, you know, it's motivational ones you see around on Facebook and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was about Jackie Chan. And he, like he kind of, he came from not a very good start in life. Um I think he came from quite an abusive or kind of a bad environment and he was put into school and he was, he was really bad at it, <laughs> uh, but he was good at dance and martial arts and singing. Um, and he, his first films that we've covered, I think uh, his earlier films were considered flops and fails. So he actually moved to Australia after doing some of his earlier films and worked in construction. Oh, really? I did. I did not know that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, neither did I. And he came back and he became successful. His breakout hit was Rumble in the Bronx, another film he did. And that's when he kind of hit it big. And he was 42 at that time. Oh, Which good. I think we did talk about. Yeah. Well, we're still safe then. Uh, neither of us are yeah, 42 yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a couple of years left. So, yeah. He's he's insane. Like he, and he, as we've talked about, he's broken. He's got a record for the most stunts done by any individual. Uh, he's broken every bone in his body, um, or possible bone. But yeah, he he failed. He failed at film, but then he came back and was success, successful. But he was so successful at that time with his with the Bronx that he uh, everyone was after him for his money. So he used to carry around guns and grenades to protect himself. <laughs> guns and grenades. Dang. <laughs> Apparently, that's what it said. I did know a little bit about this because he has his house to provide privacy. He doesn't live like in a fancy mansion like that you would, like you know, like you would see in Hollywood or anything like that. In Hong Kong, he lives in like the warehouse district, like where or industrial area, and he's built a house inside of a warehouse, so it's hidden, so you can't tell it's like a fancy yeah. house on the on the outside. <laughs> so it's like in an industrial zone, and then uh-huh. and you go inside, and it's a real fancy house inside. Yeah, I think we talked about that when we covered Gorgeous. Like they were, he wanted to use his own um, office or something for that. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He did, yeah, with his obsession with teacups. Yeah. He was collecting teacups, but yeah. Um, so he's he's had a very interesting life, the old Jackie Chan. He's, he's fascinating. But yeah. Sorry, off topic, but we brought up... Oh, it's Chan not before. really off topic. But... <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. <laughs> off topic of this movie. Yes. He's... I just... I've actually said, but I'm pretty sure I've said it on this podcast before, out of all the famous people, Jackie Chan is one I would actually like to meet. Like, I couldn't care less about Brad Pitt or anything like that, but I would actually be quite excited to meet Jackie Chan. And it just, But I'd want to have a bit of a chat with him and kind of just chill with him. I don't yeah. want to say hi. I don't want to chill. <laughs> Wait, you better hurry up. He's, he's not getting any younger. No. Yeah. I worry he'll die in a, in a stunt someday. But I guess yeah. Well, I think he's doing life. a lot less of them, like personally, anyway. I know yeah, there's been. Um, he, he definitely had some stunt doubles in um, The Foreigner, which was really weird yeah. to see. I will admit, I was like, "That's not Jackie." Oh, did you, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, poor guy. His body's slowing down. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, oh. <laughs> Kung Fu Excellent. Hustle. Stephen Chow. What yep, do we got? Um, so, Stephen Chow, he, you know, he directed this film. He also has done... Well, let me get out of his actor credits. Um, i got to scroll down so far. Okay. Uh, he directed Forbidden City Cop in 96. The God of Cookery um, in 96 also. Uh, Shaolin Soccer in 2001. Um, Kung Fu Hustle, which we'll already be talking about, 2004. Journey to the West in 2013. Um, and that's that's kind of it. We need to cover that. As, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely cover that. But that's his director credits. Um, his acting credits, which I'll just I'll try to briefly summarize because he has like 71 <laughs> movies to his name um that's really impressive yeah it is it's uh he started in uh 1981 was his first film and it's in chinese so (laughs) it's a tv series um so i guess his first movie mm, dragon fight in 1989 and then he did korean pepper which i've seen that one uh, that was 1990. God of Gamblers 2, also in... Actually, 1990 was pretty big. He did, like, five movies there. Um, Legend of the Dragon in 91. Fist of Fury, um, the 91 version in 1991. Uh, Fight Back to School, Part 1, in 91. God of Gamblers 3, in 91. Fist of Fury, 1991, Part 2, in... 92, so that's a little weird, but I guess they must have filmed it earlier. Um, Fight Back to School 2 in 92. Justice, My Foot, 92. World Tramp, World Tramp 2, uh, 1992. King of Beggars, 92. Fight Back to School 3 in 1993. Yeah, there's like a... <laughs> I could just keep going. He has a bazillion movies. Um, let me see if there's any... Sequels. God of Cookery, 96. So he... Uh, also starred in the one he directed. Um, Gorgeous. He was the 
police officer that did a small cameo, um, which we briefly covered when we talked about that one. Um, of course, Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu Hustle. And then he has an uncredited role in Journey to the West, The Demon Strikes Back, which is the sequel to the one that he directed, but didn't direct that version. And that was uh, this year, actually, 2017. Interesting. And did he do The Mermaid? Because I'm just... Um, He did. He directed The Mermaid. (laughs) There's no, stupid. no kung fu in that one. I heard it was pretty funny, though. It's just a comedy. Yeah. Very strange looking. Uh, well, everything he does <laughs> is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, he does have that, um, I guess, that comedic flair. Yeah, and he... Well, as we'll find, I think, with Kung Fu Hustle, he really leans on, like the Looney Tunes aspect of, like, slapstick, like, ridiculous slapstick comedy, where it's so over-the-top, mm-hmm. it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know about a word. Um, yep. Yeah, and this, this particular movie uh, deals with that a lot. So let's see, who else do we have in here? Uh, Wai Yun, so we just talked about him in... Um, Monk comes down the mountain. He was the bad guy. He was the bad guy, wasn't he? Yeah, the villain. Mm. So I think we pretty much covered his um, filmography then, but just a a brief recap. Uh, He was in The Chinese Connection, Enter the Dragon, uh, Mr. Vampire, Dragons Forever, Super Cop, uh, Kung Fu Mahjong in 2005, Dragon Tiger Gate and Twins Mission. Yeah, he's quite funny in this one. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, the whole cast is pretty pretty stellar in this. Um, so he portrays the landlord, uh, and the actress portraying the landlady is uh, Kyu Yun. And I don't, I don't know if they're. Um... She looks familiar. But yeah, she's she's done a lot of movies. I don't know if they're actually married. They have the same last name, but that doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Oh, um, oh, in real life, you mean a marriage? Yeah, I'm not maybe. sure. I'd have to. Uh, I don't, it doesn't say it in their biography. Look it up outside of this. Um, she got her start in the seventies. Uh, doing a few small roles, but she was in The Man with the Golden Gun um, in 1974. Uh, it was an uncredited role, but she's, she's there nonetheless. Um, and then she's in a bunch of movies. So 75 through 79, it looks like through the the spate of um, Bruce Lee clones. Uh, she's in a couple of those sort of films. Um, then she's in Bastard Swordsman, which was pretty popular, 1983, um, Disciples of the 36th Chamber in 1985, I think that's, uh, Gordon Liu in that one, and then nothing, nothing until 2004, so this was her return, um, to, yeah, she took, 
you know, a little bit of a break there. You know, 20, 25, 70 years. Um, and makes her return as the landlady in Kanku Hustle. And apparently, I think, according to the wiki, um, she's generally very, like, svelte. And so she put on, I think, like, 30 or 40 pounds for this role. Like, well, on, hey. on, on purpose. And then she slimmed back down. Um, she's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so she's in Kung Fu Mahjong and Kung Fu Mahjong Part 2 uh, in 2005. Uh, back to her normal weight. Um, My Kung Fu Sweetheart, uh, 2006. And then nothing really... Uh, Kung Fu Wing Chun in 2010. And that's kind of it. A bunch of other roles, but they're um, TV series or comedies or Chinese titles that I don't know what they are. Yep. I should learn Chinese so I could read these and <laughs> understand what the movie is. Just for that. <laughs> it's just all that, <laughs> all that effort for some movie titles. Um, who else? Who else do we have that was uh, just big? Chong Lam. Um, Yes, Se Chung Lam, uh, he is Bone in the movie. So that's, uh, um, well, Stephen Chow's character is Sing, and then Bone is his um, partner. Like, oh, the big guy. Around. Yeah, the big guy. Um, yep. and he has a pretty good filmography. He is in Shaolin Soccer, um, Kung Fu Mahjong, Kung Fu Fighter, which we'll, we'll see that name pop up again um, in 2007, Badges of Fury, which we've talked about. That was with Jet Li. Uh, oh, look, Journey to the West, The Demons Strike Back. Uh, and then he's in That's the, movie. the sequel to Journey That's to the, the West, isn't it? Uh-huh. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one that Stephen Chow didn't direct. Um, and then he's yeah. in a movie from this year called Soccer Killer, which I'm super interested in watching now because it's going to pop up with, like, half this cast. And I enjoy Shaolin Soccer, so it's it's supposed to be kind of like that, I think. Just more of a period piece. I'll need to find a trailer because um, this is a. I haven't heard of this one till I was doing this notes. It looks really bizarre. It looks real like ancient China soccer. Yeah, uh, that that sounds good to me. <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll yeah, be it better looks- than the wall. <laughs> Which I've seen like four times, even though I say it wasn't a great movie. I've watched it a bunch, so it's something's well, good there. I don't know. <laughs> I can, actually, I can't even think of another movie I've watched this year like that many times in a row. I don't even know if I've watched that many movies this year, except for these Kung Fu ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I certainly have. <laughs> watched a lot of movies. Uh, who do we have? Um, oh, it's our buddy Kok uh, Kwan Chan, so Danny Chan. He plays Brother Sum, uh, leader of the Axe Gang um, in this movie. We covered him last time because he was in oh, he plays the Bruce Lee Down the Mountain. Yes. So he's in Shaolin Soccer, um, Vampire Hunters, Legend of Bruce Lee, uh, Badges of Fury, Eat Man 3, and Monk Comes Down the Mountain. Uh, it's amazing what makeup and facial hair does. Oh, yeah. I, I did not recognize you him. You didn't even recognize him. 
He just looks very different. I'm looking at pictures now, and then there's the picture when he's acting as Bruce Lee, and he's like, oh, yeah, it looks like Bruce Lee. Yeah. And you see the, him from this movie, and he's, yeah. Well, he just has a goatee. Different. The goatee just changes his face. Goatee and long hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, slick back here. Yeah. Well, that's like what Monk Comes Down the Mountain. I didn't recognize, like, <laughs> any of the people in there um, yeah, until those later. Yeah. That all, that all uh, changed it up there. Um, then we have Su Lung. Oh, Su Lung. Lung? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> the Beast. Mm, yep. He is the Beast in this one. And um, he's another... What does he have here? Oh, that guy's weird as nippy. 70... Like nippy pants. Yeah. 70 movies under his belt also. Um, he started a little bit earlier. So 1970 was his first film. He's in uh, The Lady Hermit in 71. Um, a bunch of movies that I don't know the titles of. Then in 1977, he he portrays Bruce Lee in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Um, then the four Shaolin Challengers in 77, also. Um, Magnificent Bodyguards, that's another popular one. Um, Invincible Kung Fu in 79. Incredible Kung Fu Master in 79. Bruce against Iron Hand in seventy. I just like want to watch these movies just because of the crazy titles, um, <laughs> the fists, the kicks, <laughs> and the <Kill>. evil. <laughs> yeah, the clones of Bruce Lee in nineteen eighty. Um, yeah, it, was, it just didn't stop. And then they dragged that one out, didn't they? Yeah, um, it's like Skyrim. Then a few movies through 88 until uh, he did the same thing as um, Kuyin. So there's nothing from 88 until 2004 when he uh, resumes his career uh, via Kung Fu Hustle. Then he's in Kung Fu Fighter in 2007, Shamo in 2007, and that's a live action of a Japanese manga. Um... And Kung Fu Chefs, I think that might have popped up in the uh, someone's filmography last time. Um, Gallants in 2010. Gallants was good. I remember watching that. That's a kind of a comedy. Um, then he play. Wait, he plays Bruce Lee in 2010's Jeet Kune Do. I don't know how that works. He's already pretty old. Huh. Well, that's <laughs> that's interesting. Um, he's in Tai Chi Zero, the, the first part of the Tai Chi trilogy uh, that came out in 2012. And oh, he has a, a role in Badges of Fury, which was his last role, as far as I can tell, um, in 2013. Maybe he retired. I don't see. Um... Well, he's sixty nine. So he's probably yeah. Retirement. He's probably he's probably retired. <laughs> I don't know. There's not there's nothing on his uh, filmography. Um, then who do we have? Uh, Kaiman Tin. He's the Axe Gang advisor. So that's the the skinny guy with glasses. The weasel. Yep. 
He's in Mr. Vampire in 85, The God of Cookery uh, in 96, Gorgeous in 99, Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu Mahjong, uh, Kung Fu Fighter, and then Legendary Assassin in 2008 with um, Wu Jing. Who did he play in um, Gorgeous? Uh, he was know? a robber. So one of the, All right, so I think it's one of the guys um, during that bike scene. I think yep. that was the part. One of the fake, the fake robbers. Yeah, you know that's what he was. I think he was one of the ones that uh, that the girl hired out of her um, friends from the model company. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, shed roll. Then we have uh, Chi Ling Chu. Um, he is Taylor in, in the film, right? The Taylor, I guess. Um, we've we've met him before. He was in Snake and Eagle's Shadow. Uh, he was the brick breaking kung fu master that shows up and like breaks his own arm on accident because the guy's like. You know, break like tw- like eight bricks or whatever. So he's like, I can do it. He smashes it, and then his arm, you know, gets all huge and red. Ah, oh, I thought he looked familiar, but I couldn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. Well, it was <laughs> like old now. forty years earlier. <laughs> but yeah, I recognized him. It's funny. Yeah, so he's in Winners and Sinners, um, also with Jackie Chan uh, in '83, and then not. Not really much else. Um, Journey to the West in 2013, and then uh, this Soccer Killer. This is why I want to watch it. It's like everybody's in this movie. Soccer Killer, uh, 2017. Um, yeah, we have to check that down. Yeah. Uh, then we oh, have. It's over. It should be out already. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I don't know when. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not out yet. Or it came out and we have to wait because it just came out in China. Then we have uh, Xing Yu, which um, he was. Was he also in Monk Comes Down the Mountain? No, I don't remember. I think so. Um, well, he was in uh, Eat Man uh, 1 and 2. Oh, uh, yep. I don't, I don't think he was in Part 3. I think he died. Um, so he's in. Well, he sort of got to start with Kung Fu Hustle. Um, then he did Dragon Tiger Gate, uh, Fatal Contact, Flashpoint, uh, Bodyguards and Assassins, The Wrath of Vajra, and Kung Fu Killer. So that's another one that pops up quite a bit. Maybe I have to take a look at that sometime. Um, There's a lot of them in this, but they, they kill them off too quick. You're ruining it! <laughs> Spoiler! Uh, I'll cover it Anyone who's listening should know that. <laughs> No spoilers. <laughs> this is a spoiler cast. Yeah. We're all about the movie. That's right. <laughs> and then there's like, there's like 20 other people in this movie that are in a bunch of other movies. I, I just couldn't figure out who they were <laughs> because there's no um, yeah. pictures on anybody. So I had to kind of guess. Uh, th- those are the main. Yeah, no, fair enough. Those are the main uh, characters that will. There's, there's a lot of sub characters in this in this film. A like lot. there's the, the huge the crowd. There's like the kid who's like washing himself in front of everybody. <laughs> <And his kid laughs> with his with his yeah. bum hanging out. 
yeah like there's there's a few like yeah as i say sub characters who uh help with the story being pro- progressing but aren't actually that important for the main story yeah um i guess Ancient we'll extras. we'll mention um uh what's her name fong fong is the mute girl that is like the catalyst for oh, yeah. the main characters Re- reason for yeah for moving forward um yeah. her, well this was her first role actually so kung fu hustle 2004 first role then she's in something called dragon squad uh, a movie called lethal ninja um hmm, she's in a race to witch mountain wasn't that with the rock i don't know i didn't watch that one yeah that sounds familiar I think it is. Uh, Sorcerer, <clears throat> excuse me, Sorcerer and the White Snake. I did watch that. That was good. Um, Jet Li's in that one, 2011. Then Iceman. Let me see. If this is the right one. Oh yes, this is the Donnie Yen movie. Um, she, she, I think she's the love interest, and she's also in Iceman too. Uh, so I think she is the main. Main girl in that one as well, and then um, High Kickers. Uh, oh, a movie called High Kickers with Gordon Liu um, in 2013. So she's she's had a pretty good 20, 20, 21 movies since 2004. That's not bad. Oh, she's done well. Yeah, Nick. I think that's better than uh, the other female leads we've run across so far they'll get like one movie because they're just actually models or singers although to be fair she might also be um not beijing film academy it's just an actress ah cool yeah she she did a good job it was good yeah this is quite a fun cast and quite a fun film yeah, so let's move, let's move on to the, uh, what did we do, bad review last time? Let's do the good review. Uh, don't even ask. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It was a couple weeks ago. The only reason I know what I have for breakfast is because I have the same thing every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this good review. This is freaking fantastic is how it's titled. And it's 10 stars. Uh, this is the best review I found. And it's from Jive3 from Toronto. And this was done uh, 15th of September 2004. So very close to release. Goodness me. What a fantastic movie. Caught the world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. And the entire theater laughed until they cried. Amazingly directed, hilariously funny. It blends a 1930s gangster stylishness stylishness into a Hong Kong kung fu movie to astonishing results. Who would have thought you could top Shaolin soccer? Not me. Until I saw this movie, Stephen Chow pulled it off. Chow's comedic timing gets better and better with every movie he makes, and while his films are depending more and more on CGI these days, and makes this movie much more, and makes this movie much that much more fantastic, 
um, much more a fantasy kung fu film than a traditional one. Sorry, that was a long sentence. It's still going. It's still going. <laughs> oh, my. It hardly distracts from the enjoyable experience. Make it your mission to see this film. It will be one of the most entertaining you've ever seen. I can't remember the last film I enjoyed myself in more. My eyes still hurt from weeping away, wiping away tears of laughter. Seriously. That was hard. I couldn't get enough breath. <laughs> that was a long yeah, sentence. Yeah, it's a very fun film. <laughs> it's a very fun film. Um, so, yeah, can't disagree with them. Uh, now, you got any thoughts on that? Do you want to interject? Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait till we get to the end because I do. I wait to the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This... This review is a bad review from Keech from the United States. And it's titled Funny Movie One Star. 16th of September 2005. So a whole year later, actually. A year and one day later, to be precise. Plot outline. Set in 1940s China, the film betrays a young gangster. Young, young, young gangster. I can't even. Let me start again. The young film betrays a young man, Stephen Chow, who wants to be a gangster with the notorious ex-gang just because being good didn't work for him. KFH includes... Oh, Kung Fu Hustle. Includes yeah. other characters like the protagonist's fat, lazy psychic, harp-playing killers, a frail-looking beast, a Hamlet's domineering landlady and her husband and some of the Hamlet's inhabitants who are, who are all apparently Kung Fu masters. Point. Kung Fu Hustle is yet another Chingi I don't know what that means. Chingi martial arts movie with flying that defies all laws of physics. The audience can find some action sequences resembling the burly brawl of Matrix revolutions and some dialogues from Spider-Man. What? <laughs> One is left wondering whether some of the scenes are to be enjoyed as action sequences or pure comedy. I don't know what to make of that. Anyway, considering Chow's track record of Shaolin Soccer 2001, he seems to be adept at confusing viewers between action and comedy. Performances can be rated as decent from the uh, comical angle, although special effects is executed neatly. The similarities with Matrix make it seem exaggerated. What? Unlike Matrix, which was a dream world, Chinese stuntmen simply don't seem to accept physics. Can someone explain me why every other guy in Chinese movie is a kung fu master? Rating, two out of five. So why did you give it one star? Like, <laughs> why did you just give it two? And- well, you should give it even more because you're saying two out of yeah, five. It so be, really, it should be like four out it of should ten. Be four or out something. of mm-hmm. oh. And they also really like the Matrix. <laughs> One Matrix is dumb. 
2 is not even trying to be like The Matrix. No, it's not. It's trying to be like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this one. I'm just shaking my head. Shaking my damn head. <laughs> um, well, I'll agree with the plot outline. That part was pretty correct. Well, because it was just factual. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand this. It's, like, it's okay for Matrix to defy physics because it's a dream world, but it's not okay for them. These ma- and I'm going to answer your question. They told you in the movie itself. It's explained, explained in the story that the masters are drawn together because of their great power. That's why they're in the same place. It's not every second person is a master. It's just that they're brought together because how powerful they are. Yeah. It's like they didn't, they didn't pick to all go there. It was like happenstance. It's fate. Hmm. I mean, they didn't even know that they were all there. They were surprised. They were in hiding. They were hiding there. there. Yeah, so it's, it's it's explained in the plot and the story. So the guys, yeah. this person's silly. Uh, what else did they say? Um, and I, I, what is he going on about how like he's trying to confuse the audience from action and comedy I actually like that there's that juxtaposition like between each other like it, it makes it that much more unique because you've got you, you it, it's very dark and gruesome at times yeah, like the whole people beginning, get chopped up with really. yeah yeah I forgot about that part I was like wow this is way more violent than I remember it being yeah, but that, that it, it, it creates an interesting contrast with the, the the comical side. Like, yeah, I think I, I enjoy it when films. I, I can appreciate when films do that, and, and it's a hard balance to to pull off. And I think they do it quite well in this. Yeah, because if it followed the same tone at the first five minutes, the movie would be way too dark, and it, it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be as good a film if it followed that same tone. Um, but again, it sets up how quirky it's going to be once they all start dancing after <laughs> after that first part. I yeah, I actually forgot when I started. We chose to watch this. I started watching it, and I was like, "Whoa, I don't think it was going to be this dark." And then I start dancing, and it was such a oh, I don't know. It's not a catchy tune, or I don't know what it is, but the rhythm of the the dance is just enchanting like you just <laughs> watching them kind of do their little shuffle and i just you get pulled into it and then the film starts where it goes to the little hamlet as this reviewer referred to it this kind of um apartment building this that the film is uh based around and i, I was like oh i actually have seen this and i remembered i'd seen it and then <laughs> that's when it starts getting into the, the comical side of things a bit quicker so yeah so where do you where do you rate this film uh, I'm not sure. This was a tough one to rate. Uh, I would have, okay. I watched this when it first came out. Um, and I would have at the time rated it like quite a bit higher. I probably would have gave it like 8.5, 9 out of 10. I'm going with like 8. I'll give it an 8. Um, yeah. Plus, I feel bad because the last two or three movies have been like 7.5. But <laughs> we'll go with an 8. I think it works really well. Um, the parts are 
as good as the, the sum. Um, however, it, 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 I think it shies just short of being like a super cult classic or like a really great film. Something is just missing. And I think it's because it's just, his, it's his second film and he has at the time, you know, needed to really cement what he was doing. Stephen Chow is a, his performances are fine and his acting is, it's, it, it's serviceable. It works. Um, I think that there's a challenge that comes with making yourself the lead and writing the script and directing yourself and everyone else. That's got to make it difficult. So somewhere along the way, you have to, you know, it's not quality, but something is lost when you're doing all the work. Yep. So I don't know if he's using his assistant director or um, like a, they have to be doing like an A crew, B crew, that kind of thing. But he, his, the movies he's in that he picks to like, you know, whether it's his agent or him, that that's, they're better sometimes than the one that he's doing himself, at least his early films. Um, I don't know. It held up pretty well other than uh, the aforementioned CG, which they may have, uh, you know, was necessary for what they were trying to do. Um, It doesn't look like cheap or anything. It looks like they threw a lot of money at it, but it still, I think, pulls you out of the movie a little bit more. Um, Thankfully, because it's a comedy and because they're leaning really hard on the slapstick, the, the CG's fine. Uh, it's things that you can't really do with practical effects um, alone and, and still make it look like as like, split. yeah, and still make it look as exaggerated and like, you know, a cartoon that they were aiming for. So um, it works in, in context of the film, but I don't know. I, I remember the movie being better than I think it actually was watching it this time. Uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I can't actually remember when I actually saw this first. I have no recollection or memory of when <laughs> I saw it. I just know I've seen it. And it, uh, once I got past that open sequence, I knew I'd seen it. And I was like, oh, I've seen this. But I don't, yeah, I don't know when or where or how long ago. <laughs> um, just uh, it, it rates uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So you're not, you're, you're about on par with everyone else, the average score. Metacritic, 78. So, Metascore, sorry. Um, I think it's a fun film. It's entertaining. It is it is a bit forced. I will agree slightly with the, the bad review. It is a bit forced in some ways and convenient, the plot, how things just plot along. Um they never explain why the main character, Stephen Charles' character, heals fast, though. Is that just because he's trained in the Buddha palm? And that's like... Yeah, he didn't... He never finished the booklet. Remember, he threw it away? Yeah, because he gave up on it. Yeah. yeah, but he gained some... You know, he is the... the from the Matrix, the chosen he's one. Still master. <laughs> so, yeah. they're... They're leaning in on that that um, idea of someone having an innate talent, like you're just able to do 
kung fu, like in this sense of it, um, just naturally. And so his partial training just gave him that edge. Um, and, you know, of course he would have died several times over, just I think in his past before the movie even begins. Sort of alluded to that, you know, his his, his partner says, oh, you always heal fast from like things that should have probably killed somebody. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's like rubber. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I guess I guess we've covered the plot a little bit. Do we want to talk about the film a little bit more in depth? Um, yeah, we can. I guess so, um, so Stephen Ch- Singh, um, he is wandering around with his buddy, and they're like, they're pretending to be members of this notorious axe gang that controls um, the city, and. So they're just, uh, I don't know what you want to call Hustling it. people, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're, well, to, they're it's the hustle. To, to get it's the hustle stuff. that's not the dance. <laughs> it's the hustle that's uh, conning people and trying to, you know, fleece money out of them and saying that, hey, don't you know, don't you know who we are? And uh, it's, it's pretty funny. So Bone, the, his partner, has this, like, axe tattoo on his chest. And they... They're constantly, he's kind of like making his buddies like show his chest and tell people, don't you, don't you recognize that tattoo? We're the Axe Gang. And, you know, I'm, uh, he's the boss of the Axe Gang and you need to give us the money so you don't make him mad. But, um, uh, his, his bone is, is more physically intimidating. He's a larger guy, but he's not it's meant, for, yeah, he's not meant for that kind of role. And he just constantly, like, he falls asleep or he just, you know, doesn't really want to do what they're doing. Not not out of any sense of morality, but he just doesn't care about it. It's it's not the thing he, you know, is able to do. At least, just to, to himself. He's asking him to like you know make a mean face and he kind of growls, but it just it looks like funny. It's not menacing at all. Yeah. So they end up, uh, you know, trying to do their shtick at this, uh, the guy said Hamlin. That's not the word that I would use, but now I, I can't think of no. what you're supposed to call it. Um, it's like a little, um, it's an apartment building. Yeah. Like there's like a but that's, shop, that's not what they call it in the movie. movie. It's a, no, I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, it's a, a little section of town. That um, is run down and it's um, no one there. There's people just kind of like eking by in their lives and there's no, um, there's nothing to be had or taken from that place. So the X gang like ignores it because it's not worth anything, yeah. you know, that they think. So, you know, our two, our two con artists go there and uh, try to steal or not steal but fleece money from um this barber and it's the barber with the buns oh <laughs> uh, and uh they're you know unsuccessful the the barber guy is um not having any of it he's he's angry at them for trying to um fleece him out of his money and he basically there's this there's this whole scene where all the, the all the people in the little um, 
apartment village surround uh sing and he you know he's telling him um i'm you know we're the lead we're the axe gang and if any of you um want to fight you know i'll just fight you and then you i'll just take your money and so he like he's like entreating people to to come up but he's like trying to bluff he's trying to make himself look tougher and not actually have to fight anybody um hoping that they'll just think he's axe gang and they don't they're they call his bluff and one after another like people will stand up and they'll look completely they look harmless like just like regular people in this little village but uh i think what is he he sees one guy in the crowd and he's like you, you over there, the short guy in the back. You, I'll fight you. And then it turns out the guy is like seven feet tall. <laughs> it's like some, I don't know, basketball player, some huge dude, but he's real skinny and he stands up and he apparently he was sitting on a bench in the crowd and he was still like head height to everyone else. So when he stands up, he's like way above everyone. And uh, he's like, no, okay, not you. Why he's like, why were you, why were you sitting there? Why wouldn't you just be standing? Um, you old man, I'll fight you. And this is old dude steps forward, and he just like super ripped. Um, and he's like, no, 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 no. The kid does the kid Yeah, he's like some little kid. <laughs> he's a little kid. And he's like, I'll fight you, little kid. And the kid comes out and is like a bodybuilder with a little child face. It, it's pretty funny. Like they're definitely playing it for laughs. Like. From the get go, at this point, um, I don't even know. Okay, uh, th- then someone throws something over a fence and it hits. And actually... well, he, I think he's trying to throw something, but he swings his arm back and it like the it goes flying over the top of the fence and bonks um, what turns out to be an actual member of the Axe Gang, and uh, so they. They come in and ask, you know, who's who's throwing stuff, and um, uh, a little bit of a fight ensues, and we see our first uh, kung fu master, and that is Xing uh, Yu. Xing Yu is the uh, the coolie, and the, the guy basically just carrying stuff on his back, and has super strong legs. He's super strong. He? And he's yeah. super fast. Yeah. Like, blink and you... Well, you, I don't even think it's... You probably didn't even blink. He just moves so quickly that you're already, like, flying in there and doesn't look like he moved anywhere. Yeah, I liked him. He's cool. Yeah, he was a really cool guy. And as, <laughs> as we said earlier, he just gets killed. Like, <laughs> in a dumb way. Like later on in the well, movie, I guess he's introducing how powerful some of the these people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, how dangerous they are. Um, well, yeah. All three of our initial masters get revealed one after the other, don't they? Because then yeah. the the pole pole master is the master of pole arms. Yeah, he's the um, the laundry the baker guy. No, he's the baker, isn't he? Yes, he's the baker. Yep. Yeah. So he's the baker and he has his shop full of like dowel rods that he you know, rolls all the dough with. I guess they're not dowel rods, but they're rollers. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he's really good with yeah, the, the weapons. And then the 
the dressmaker who's yeah, like, isn't he Taylor. really timid? Taylor, and yeah. he's real. Isn't he really timid? And is he the one that's really shy, or is it the baker that's shy? Um, no, the baker is like flamboyantly gay, but like it wasn't a ver- it was like in a bad way. I don't know. I, I wasn't like it wasn't it was a bit nice. Cheesy. Yeah, it, it was, was cheesy, but it was like I don't know, two thousand four ish version of gay people. I don't think it was a flattering portrayal, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, because he, pr- he prances around a little bit, and yeah, it's a bit giggles, and it's a little silly. Yeah. But he's super strong, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the dressmaker one, I like, it was cool. He's like super ripped cut dude, and he uses metal rings like, around his wrist as a defensive and attacking weapon, which is really cool. I don't know if I've seen that done before. The rings. Yeah, it's like that. Part of the Iron Palm school of thing Hungar, probably. But um, yeah, it's neat because their weapons are hidden, like as part of the the job they do. They you know they've never, of course, needed to reveal X. They're they're in hiding, and no one knows they're kung fu masters. But the uh, so the, yeah, the baker has his you know baking racks and his rods, and that's that's where he gets his weapon from. And the tailor, his iron rings are what he's using to um, keep the cloth like um, they're sort of like curtain rings but they're just bigger um, they're all on the ceiling and he kind of like punches the wall or something and they, they slide down and slide onto his arms it's a pretty cool uh, little little scene yeah it was cool and he used them to bash up the dudes <laughs> <laughs> Because what is it? Um, and then, yeah, it's a cool fight scene, this one. There's, there's some real good action in this, in this movie. And some of it is over the top, but a lot of it is some pretty cool straight-up kung fu. And in a lot of our recent films, we haven't had much of that. And so it was, it was good to have <laughs> yeah. some proper martial art fighting. And yes, there is the string work, but it kind of comes more later, doesn't it? Like the, Yeah, it's the not movies. really here. Um, we get, like... Uh, this is where they would have said like the the burly brawl from Matrix. So the the members of the Axe Gang are all sent flying, and there's their there's your CG and wire work. It's like they're just a bundle of dudes just getting whipped. So they're just launching everywhere, and you know it's one or two people in the center tossing them around like rag dolls. Um, what we do get is a really cool uh, fight scene. So the the landlord, or I guess the landlady, more um, more to the point, basically says that since these kung fu masters have revealed themselves, they're 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 drawing trouble um, to the little uh, apartment complex, and they need to leave um, before more axe gang guys come back and, and find a reason to you know attack them more, and uh, before they all leave, they they agree non-verbally, I guess, to have, like, one sparring match, you know, because each of them acknowledges that they're from some specifics. You know, they're like, you know, um, master so-and-so. You, I saw your crazy kicks. You must, that reminds me of this school. And he's like, yes, I've studied that, you know, particular style. So they have a little match. And um, I think that part was a lot of fun. I wish it was a little longer. It was like. Yeah, that was cool. Maybe a minute. I don't. I don't think it was that long. No, it was very short. Um, 
And on the other side, the main character, he they're off almost going to be executed by the the X gang, aren't they? For yeah, for pretending falsely to be X gang. But we find our uh, our main protagonist has some skills of his own and can like pick locks at the speed of light or whatever. <laughs> like immediately just open a new <laughs> lock. Um, so they they escape being. Um, I think they were throwing. Yeah, well, they must have been throwing axes at them, or would they be shot at? I don't remember. <laughs> so anyway, they were going to be executed, and I think it was they, axes. They escape. It would make sense if it was axes. Um, he escapes by undoing the the cuffs that were holding him, and he you know, drops down. They're like in a weird gallows setup, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, they they escape, and um, the leader. Oh, excuse me. Um, the leader of the Axe Gang says they could use someone with skills like that, and um, Singh, of course, is saying, oh, I would, I've always wanted to be in the Axe Gang. Uh, that's why we were pretending that so we could get noticed and, you know, join your gang. And um, the uh, leader of the Axe Gang tells him he can join the gang, or Singh can join the gang if he kills somebody. And Singh decides that, per, or I don't remember if it's Singh or if the Axe-King leader basically decides that uh, the person that needs to be killed is the landlady um, of that little uh, apartment complex. So Singh and his buddy uh, he, des- to... he decides that for himself. Yeah, I think he does. I think he's just mad at her. Because um, he, he's trying to find someone else to kill and he keeps threatening people, but he... They keep beating he, him he, up. He's not, fundamentally, he's not a bad guy. He doesn't, he doesn't, one just murder someone. Yeah. Well, and they keep beating him up, or yeah. just yelling at him, or whatever. It's, <laughs> but, it's pretty. It's pretty silly. Yeah, but he's he's angry enough at her um, that he's thinks it'll be a bit easier to take her out. So he's yeah. chosen to target her. He's chosen to throw um, a knife at her. <laughs> from like a dark little alleyway and it's probably that was probably my favorite part it was just so ridiculous it was like a um i don't know uh abin costello or uh, uh anything like that where it's just laurel and hardy you know just a bunch of goofy or or i don't know maybe even like tom and jerry i mean they lean really hard into the, the looney tunes aspects and this scene definitely was that so he tries to throw the knife and it bounces off the wall and ricochets and stabs him in his own. I think it gets him in the arm, I think. Stabs him. Yeah. And he stabs himself with it. And, you know, it's like it's sort of like an Ace Ventura thing where he's going like, ah, you know, and you see the knife just sticking out of his arm. It's not bleeding, it's just a knife there. And so he. Like crawls back and tells his buddy to. He's like, you, you take this knife and you throw it. And um, of course, I think he, I think he tries to throw it, and the the, the handle goes flying, but the knife goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was three knives. Yeah, you, that's the last knife. The this second is the last knife. One? Was, the second knife is he was sitting in front of his friend, but to the side, and his friend <laughs> threw it on an angle and hit him directly in the shoulder. And then the th- third knife, he tells his friend to go closer, and he swings back, stabs him, and then doesn't throw it. And he's like, uh, he left something behind, and the friend grabs it, 
pulls it out. And he's like, whoops, it slides it back in. <laughs> and he puts it back. Uh... And then he then he throws the, the hat. The, 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 yeah, yeah, that might be the second one he pulled out. In the third one, yeah, the handle, he throws the handle, but the blade stays in the guy's shoulder. So it's really nice to end up in him. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and the handle hits the landlady in the, in the face, and that just made me crack up. I was just laughed out loud. Just because she's, she's like angry and yelling at all like the village or the people nearby. And I think she, is she kicking out? The, yeah, the this, I think this, this, one, this is maybe when she's kicking them out, banishing them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she just gets hit in the face. <laughs> just so she gets stupid. so mad. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it leads to your your Looney Tunes, your Road Runner, uh, like and the Wild best, Coyote, the best ridiculous chase because they're they're running so fast, their legs are just you know pinwheeling like a circle. Road running, <laughs> and it like yeah, just like Road Runner. Yeah, and it lasts like two minutes. It's like a long chase scene through the city and out into the country. Um, a little too long. Yeah, it might be a little too long, but it pays yeah. off because she uh, she tries to jump at him and like smashes into a sign <laughs> like like the like Wiley e. coyote it's so funny yeah uh, yeah um yeah just, very very silly uh, <laughs> i don't even remember what happens we, next oh not um, really i guess we're talking about some his development uh, processes uh, as a character we learn more about his past and why he yeah. wants to be a bad guy and it's cuz he as a kid, uh, wanted to be a, a more of a hero, um, and was sold by a homeless man a book on Buddhist uh, Buddha the, palm the, kung yeah, fu. Is that right? That's what's called. I think it's just called the Buddha palm or the Buddha fist. Yeah, it's got to be Buddha palm. Buddha palm. Yeah, um, he paid like ten bucks or something for it. So he broke his um, piggy bank and gave this man all his money. And it was just like a cheaply printed book. I think the film points out that it was 20 cents if he bought it from a shop, <laughs> the book. Yeah. His head print. But he, he tries using these techniques on some bullies, picking on a little girl, and they just turn around and beat him to a pulp. Um, but he did have a him. training montage. It was just very short. Oh, yeah. As a little kid, he was doing all the moves, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and so this obviously upsets him because he was trying to be the hero and it just backfired and he regretted it. And so that led to his character being... So we learn why he wants to be a bad guy. It's because he tried the good thing and it ended badly. Um, Which is like and a guess, silly reason to be a bad guy, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as we're finding out, his heart's really not in it. Like he's no, he's not he a very good bad guy. Like he, he's he's all bark and no bite, really. It's, yeah, he's, he's yelling at people, "I'll kill you," and then he just doesn't do anything about it. Like doesn't, yeah. Um, I guess this is roughly when he gets. I think oh, he's all cut up. That's right, and he goes and hides in like a traffic. There's like a police observation traffic tower or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was. He gets up in there, though. It was, this, it was the center of an intersection, and it was like a little like uh, guard tower little thing. They were like one, enough space like one person to sit in and observe the traffic or something. I don't know. It was real weird. Yeah, I guess. But it was like... And he was just... 
angry at not being able to do what he wanted to do, and he punches this metal box cubicle thing up from the inside. And it's, yeah, again, very cartoony. So he's punching his fists and making the shapes. Like, actually, much like when the wild Cody runs into, like, a frying pan or something, and you see yeah, and the, face like... of the, <laughs> the face of, of, of the Cody in the frying pan. It's the same thing, but hands. Um, and I we think it may have that. had his face in there, too, a couple of times. Oh, I think it was. Yes, you're right, it was. Uh and that's all we, we see it is just general motion and banging and clanging. Later in the film, it comes back and we see it again. I think his friend sees it. Yeah, because the camera pans around it, like, zoomed fast. Yeah. And we but later see on, that, we see like, that yeah. it's actually the, his hands, uh, his hands uh, the shape and motions and gestures for the Buddha palm technique that he learned as a kid. So those, yeah. those teachings that he learned were still in, in, ingrained in him and yeah. he was doing, and he had some enough strength to bend metal. So he, I don't know how he's getting beaten up so easy. Cause he could, well, he's doing metal. it like uncon. He was knocked out. Like he was not awake when he was doing this. Oh, good point. He Cause yeah, he was really, really injured. Yeah. He passed yeah. out. So his subconscious thing was doing it. I think they're, they're palms, but they're like sutras, like Buddhist, sutras mm. with the hand signs he was making yep uh the, what you see when you see a buddhist statue uh mm. statue of buddha doing the those kind of things um and i guess we get introduced to the because they decide they still want to be criminals he meets up back up with his buddy and he, they find the weakest person or easiest person to pick on uh diff Ice cream vendor, and they steal ice cream from her. Mute. A mute, yeah. I said deaf, but you're right. Mute. She can't speak. Um, little girl that he tried saving as a kid. She has kept the lollipop that he stopped the bullies stealing from her. Yes, and that was like um, it had to have been thirty years earlier. <laughs> He's not a young man. Uh. Yeah, she still seems quite young. I think he's supposed to be younger than he is. <laughs> yes. well, I would say mid twenties, early twenties. It's probably supposed, supposed to, be. to be, but it's not what he looks like. Because yeah, she's definitely not older than early twenties. <laughs> now she would have been really yeah. young. Um, here she oh, pressed the wrong button. Where'd it go? I just oh, there she is. She would have been. 20 years old roughly when yep. this movie came out or 19 I think actually yeah and I I think the character's supposed to be early 20s both sides yeah. he may have been a year or two older than the little girl so but yeah early 20s um yeah so we're kind of getting a few storyline beats we're having the the battle that's happening in the background with the village people and we've got his his journey of being angry at the world and wanting to be a bad guy. Cause if you can't win as a good guy, you may as well be a bad guy. Um, and yeah, he rejects the blind, the deaf, the, the mute girl. She, she gives him, tries cause she knows who he is and tries giving the lollipop and he's rejecting that aspect of his life. Yeah, because he, he, yeah. he recognizes her too, or at least he thinks he does. 
but it's very brief. He's he'd rather yeah. just not face that part of his past at this point. Yeah. Um, and this is when we get introduced to the assassins that get brought in by the X game because um, they are angry at getting their beat down. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of this leads to kind of the end of the film where it's just big fight after big fight, isn't it? Yeah. With those different um, uh, these guys are interesting. They're really creepy looking. Uh, what are they brothers? Mm, probably supposed to be. I don't think it mentioned it, or yeah, if they, it did, it wasn't in English. They work together. Uh, um, they have what? What? What would the instrument be called? It's like a uh, uh, Chinese. Zither, zither or a huquin. Oh wait, not yeah, a very um, large a, one. Uh, I forgot what it's called. It's a zither in English. Yeah, but it's it's huge. It's like what taller than the person, same height as the person. It's, it's at least like, the same. It's it, this theirs is much larger. It's it's got to be like six feet tall. Yeah, yeah, good six feet tall. Um, and they both carry it. And one is blind, and he's the main musician. And they pose as musicians, but they that's their their I guess disguise for their their assassination work. Well, I think and, they're assassins on the side, and musician is actually what they are. I think they mentioned that. Okay. One of the guys like you say, he's like, no, we're magi- we're magicians, uh, we're musicians. <laughs> well, it's pretty magical what they do. <laughs> or no, I think I think it's because the X guy says you guys are like the number one assassins, and then they're they're firmly going, no, we're not number one. We're good, but there's someone better that no one's like disputing at at all. The beast. The beast. Yeah. Um, and so they head off to the village to try and take out these grandmasters that put the X gang to shame. And unfortunately, our favorite one, the must, the the kind of one with the musty legs and was fast. He doesn't know they're there, and it's a very very cool scene. It's at night, and is he heading off, leaving, or is he just yeah? He's, he just he's, no, he's going to leave. He's he's departing. Yeah, yeah little village. They're all um, three of them getting ready to leave. But That's right. It's a very cool scene because it's all done with silhouette and lighting because it's it's on like dusk. It's like getting it's dark. Yeah. And he's just got this musician. He's sit up there in this alleyway, just tuning his his instruments and, and strumming away. And then as he turns his back and is walking directly away from this musician, the, the camera's following the, our, our character and just like things are getting sliced in half just behind him and near yeah. him as this. Well, so you, we're his, getting the soundtrack, and everything's in slow motion, which makes it like more tense and horrifying. Mm. And it's every strum is like slicing something in half. So you like have a pot just completely getting cut in half. Um, and the really creepy one is you see a cat jump up onto a ledge, ne- or like head height of of this um, this character, and then jump off camera but the shadow's still on camera and you just see the, the, the shadow of this cat slice in half and blood splatter all against the wall. Uh, so pretty gruesome. Yeah. And yeah, then, then, then it, I think the camera pans off to back to the shadow and we just see uh, the shadow get decapitated. Uh, well, he the, turns. Oh, he knows something's wrong. Oh, yes, he does. And he turns to fight, but he can't yeah. see That's what's right. coming at him. And uh, yeah, and then we see his head roll. 
Yeah. Um, I was mad because, like, that's the only same. death in the movie that was dumb. I was like, what? Come on. Oh, well. I think maybe he well, would yeah. have been too strong for the, the dudes. He might have got over there too fast. Yep. Um... And so then we he starts targeting one of the other masters, and I think it's the the rings, the iron it's, ring. Yes, that's who's the next one. Um, and he does all right to defend himself, uh, but his rings get sliced off. But he yeah, identifies the sounds and is able to budge it. Yeah. Um, do all three die in the end? But mm, yes, all three of them died. But they die of their wounds because they actually are successful in defending, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But they uh, they were too too grievously wounded. Yeah. The uh, just to start off with, it's just all we're seeing is that we're hearing the sound and seeing things cut off as the fights go on. We start to see uh, more of a, a ripple in the air and then finally we actually start to see uh depictions of these these sliced notes uh with swords flying through the air, which I thought was interesting. And I don't know if it's because their masters had tuned into it so they could see that vibration now, or if it was just for our convenience and more dramatic effect. But either way, I thought it was cool how it was a progression and Well they could uh, see it. I mean they're they're blocking something. And then yeah. the um, the master with the staff is clearly he's able to see what's going on because he's hitting he's deflecting all of the um, deflecting. This is their weapons. They're basically like swords and spears and things made out of sound. It's a really cool idea. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, even with there's a real cool sound. I loved how the, the spear guy comes because. Yeah, and he throws, like, he's like, 10 spears, throws them in the air, and he just starts trying to... He's trying to get closer and closer so he can hit them. Mm-hmm. And he gets right to them with the point of his spear, like, right at at them. And I think the second brother, uh, the second musician jumps on. They both do, like, a, a massive strum. Well, they, and, like, they... I think that's when they stand up the... They're, like, a big bass. And then they right, yep. pluck all the, like... They're just doing like little on the strings, but then they just pluck all of them at once, and it makes like a big sonic boom thing. And that yeah, he's, with his might, him. he's like pushing against it, and like his yeah. spear starts like compacting. It was really cool and like splintering, and then gets blasted back. Yeah, it's probably the best fight scene. I, I, I this was one of my favorite parts. Well, because it has that real quiet. Mm. Um, well, I also yeah, really like this music. <laughs> like the, I'm gonna see if I can find it and try to cut it in here somehow. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. It's gotta that'd be, be cool. on the soundtrack. Hustle's on YouTube. So. Yeah, and I think I think I had oh I had the uh, MP3s. I don't have them anymore, but I'll look around. I know the soundtrack's a thing. Cool. So nice. Um, and I think what actually leads to the victory isn't doesn't the landlady come out and reveal herself as. Another master, master. yeah, because she just yeah. crushes the other dudes like it's like it's no thing. Yeah, uh, and she is a master of the lion's roar. So she's been shouting a lot throughout the film, but this is when we see that she can actually damage people physically with her roar, <laughs> her shout, um, which is quite fun. Yeah, she, like, uh, blasts their clothes off. It's pretty funny. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the the X Gang, I guess, has failed once again. So they then they they use our hero, who's not yet a hero, <laughs> our main character, uh, who's been going along his own path in between these scenes, is at, at, to break into the mental asylum that the beast, the number one assassin, has kept. Yeah, and so he tasks him to go, yeah, get the beast. Well, I guess we um, we'll do we'll back up just slightly. Um, it does introduce uh, the landlord as well. Um, I mean, he was in the movie prior, but this shows that not only is the landlady, but the landlord also is another kung fu master because he he like floats down like a weird feather thing and lands in between the two. Um, is it their players? And they're they're trying to like punch him, but his body's like bending all around, He's and, like That's bouncing right. off all their attacks. I I was holding off because I thought he gets revealed later when they. No, it was right now. The, it was now. Sorry, my yeah. my apologies. Uh, no, it's okay. Yeah, because he's a like lot the, of stuff coming it's like the master of rubber kung fu, isn't it? Yeah, it's like tai chi <laughs> and something else, maybe. And isn't he in like his silk pajamas at this point too? Yeah, they're, well, they're both in their yeah. pajamas. She has like rollers yeah. in her hair. I find that they're kind of how they fight together interesting because the way they're portrayed when it's just domestic life at the start of the film, she he seems to not like her and she seems to hate him. But as by the end of this film, we see that they do have an interesting and a, a, a more a better relationship than we might have anticipated. Yeah. Well, they're also they in were... hiding. We know we find out, and yes, they had they uh, a past that made them stop, you know, doing kung fu, sort of. Yeah. Yep. Um. So oh, yeah. she does the it's really kind of cool. Funny. There's the cool yeah. scene where. Um, uh, the landlady appears in the limo of the Axe Gang, who are, who are they're basically just watching, this, oh, you know, in their car like a show because <laughs> they, you know, they want to watch That's their visit right. their dude, their brothers or whatever defeat the um, martial arts masters. Well, so she pops in there and she just does the Bruce Lee like thumbs her nose and then cracks her knuckles. She didn't say anything. She just like right. points at them and then points at her and then like shakes her head no and then like says that she'll basically kill them if they come back but it's just with it's all it's all uh non-verbal and just physically threatening them and it's hilarious yeah and that would only, only works because they just saw what she just did like yeah and that's why it's so good because she's not she's not threatening not only is she in does she have a rollers in this point as well because mm-hmm. i know she has rollers in here but Film. She's in like her nightgown, so like rollers. She's in a yeah, it's like nighty, like your your grandma type nightshirt and yeah. rollers in her hair. And she always has like a doesn't she always have a cigarette kind of like just dangling out of her mouth? Yeah, like and she talks and in screams and stuff, and it just still hangs there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess all most of these characters are very stereotypical, like the kind of comical versions of characters you would see in a film like the very exaggerated caricatures yeah. really aren't they 
um, of different styles. And like, yeah, the husband is, is really shy and quiet. She's extremely loud and violent. Um, yeah. She's quite funny. Um, and she goes from being someone you just despite the dislike from the start of the film because she's just so mean to everybody to someone you actually kind of cheering for by the end. I, I kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to where I was leading us astray before is our, our main character has picked the locks of the beast and re- released them from mental hospital, prison, lockdown facility. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it. Yeah, I don't uh, know. What... He's deranged. He's. He, this guy's a psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he and... like put himself in there on purpose. That's right. Just because it was quiet, I think. Is he just waiting for someone that can give him a worthy challenge? Because he just just murders people. Yeah. Well, they did say he actually is crazy because he he just got so good at whatever the Kung Fu he was practicing that it made him go crazy. Yeah. And what he's the frog based, isn't it? At some point. Mm, yeah. Frog style. Like, I guess. Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, I guess the landlord, landlord and landlady, they had just fed up with their placing attack. So they've, they've been forced out of hiding as masters. So they take the fight to the, the gang, the ex gang. Um, and yeah, turn up at their headquarters, and the beast fights them. I re- was it? Did they bring the death bell? Who who introduced the death bell? They brought the bell um, because it's a funeral bell, and they they said, "Hey, we yeah. come here and we brought you a gift." Um, basically, That's telling true. the axe gang if they didn't just like quit and leave them everyone alone, then they would have to kill them all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the fights is a really good fight. This is, this one was pretty long too, um, and yeah, we see here like the actual dynamics, like the real relationship between um, the landlord and the landlady, uh, and also that they have some really nice. Uh, 70s uh, fashion sense because they're they're wearing um <laughs> like old uh what are those called cravat and stuff the guy yeah it's kind of like leisure suits sort of that's what he had on definitely could tell they were like digging out their old uh heyday um, favorite clothes <laughs> Yeah, well, hers look kind of like 1950s rock and roll style. Yeah. Like. Well, it's like, well, it's it's 70s sort of stuff, but with like, technically would have been set earlier. Because um, the, the film the set a lot earlier, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the 40s, but yeah, they, they didn't have, I mean, I guess they, yeah. It looks like, it looks like a kung fu movie made in the 70s would look. Without trying to look like it was, it would just would have been current time at, at, at then. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. They're mashing so much stuff together in this movie that I don't. I, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I it wasn't out of place. It just like okay, I guess that's what they wear. <laughs> yeah, 
it was it was yeah it was a very extreme style and because we had mostly seen them in robes and pajamas it was kind of fun seeing them all dressed up um you could almost imagine them driving like a a, a sports car you know one of those yeah. with no roof what do you call them well, that's what it looked no like roof. it looked like um and like, uh what's the, the avengers drive. i think the avengers or austin powers like that sort of like Kitsch yep. spy kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, Austin Powers with his yeah, convertible. That's what it was. That's what I was trying to think of the word. Uh, <laughs> Carbon no roof. Um, you could imagine going for like a Sunday drive in like a yeah in the nineteen sixties kind of thing. Austin Powers, some mod squad. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool fight scene, and they just destroy this place, like this this headquarters of that the X Men, and it's just yeah. Uh, quite physically brutal, like some of the, the fighting, like the way oh, they're yeah. thrown around. And, and they're like, doing like gets... zero damage to the beast. <laughs> and they gave him yeah. a bloody nose, I guess. Hey, yeah. Well, it's nothing. Um, but what I really liked is that they, they know they're on the ropes and they're working together. Um, and I really like that they used the, 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 the funeral bell that they brought, which I think is very cool. That the, they just turned up like, this is your. your spoon your belt if you don't leave us alone um it reminded me of um fist of fist of fury um bruce lee when he turns up and he yeah with the, and the gift and he smashes it kind of that kind of thing like, yeah with, <laughs> that, with, the, with the plaque yeah yeah um oh yeah it's really cool um but yeah then i like how she starts just like slapping the ring like the, the bell and you're like what's she up to and she's like smacking it so she can rip off the top like she's weakening it so she can rip the top off so and then uses it as a megaphone uh and uh yeah to do her roar and amplify her roar yeah oh yeah. i guess we should point out that um the beast knows a, like he knows their style and he like respects them as martial arts masters masters like he's he's familiar yeah. with them um and I think they're called like the lovely couple or something. It's some kind of funny name that they have. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like they were famous. Like yeah. they, were, they were well revered. Well, they had famous. been anyway. Um, yeah. And he he's like, oh, you know the lion's roar, and she you know she hits him with it a couple times, and it's not really doing. Like everyone else is getting blasted away, and he just kind of walks forward like he's walking against the wind. Um, but, you know, when she uses the bell to amplify her voice, uh, it, like, hurts him, like, really badly. Uh, and then that's when he... I mean, he's sort of playing around with them, but he's fighting seriously, but, like, not fully. Uh, but then when he gets hit with that bell, he definitely is mad, like, at that point. Um, and he's like, oh, I didn't... I would have, you know, done this fight differently if I had known your lion's roar would work with that bell because you know that like actually hurt him quite a bit does she almost get another one off but uh, uh yeah i don't remember what happened he they basically i think they're about to get killed he's about to kill them like he's about to do well, the he, blow he and, got mad and, and like wrapped them up in um they're all kind of like tangled up in a bunch of different holds like grappling holds but he has the better, like, end of it. He's choking them. Yep. 
And isn't our like our, our main character? This is when he kind of his 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 changing moment when he yeah. turns a new leaf and decides. Well, it's not even then. Like he just acts, and we don't really know why. We know he's been feeling guilty for doing the bad things. Like you can see it when he's doing the bad things when he rejects our mute the mute girl and smashes the lollipop that she tries giving him. He there is guilt there. But he's he's, uh, he's suppressing it. But does he just act? He sees people in danger and just jumps in the fight, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is the beast. Um, he feels responsible for like letting him out for one. Yeah, good point. And yeah. the beast wasn't uh, picking. He was killing the the axe gang too. He was just killing anybody because he just he's just like I don't follow orders. I'm just here to fight for free or whatever. But if you get in my way, I'll just kill you. So I think he had actually killed a couple of the axe gang so uh it's more of sort of self-preservation because basically the axe gang leader tells him hey you have a chance right now and you can join us just kill the you know the lovely couple just shoot them um but then he walks up and whacks um the beast on the head with i don't remember what he has i think he has a piece of wood or something yeah and he hits him, but it doesn't really do anything. It just makes the beast mad. And uh, the beast is like... Pumbles why? his face. He's like, why did, why did you hit me? <laughs> like, why would you do that? That was dumb. And um, this is the one time, or I guess pretty much the only time that we see the beast actually be angry. Like, he wasn't really angry before. He was just like, oh, that was dumb. I should have taken you guys more seriously. But here he was mad. And he... Like, it's cartoonish, and thankfully so, because he basically smashes Stephen Chow's head into, like, the floor, but, like, horribly, like, bends his neck the way it shouldn't go, because he's hitting him so hard. I don't know, it was really brutal, in a way that, like, even yeah. even with the CG cartoony stuff, it was kind of like, uh, I didn't really want to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. Like it's it's bending it so far back, like his head's in a hole that's been created by his own head, <laughs> and yeah. his body's starting to lean on an angle towards the hole because it's so deep. Like yeah. it's so far. He's laying on his back the ground, on and the he's ground. Like, I think you know if he had hit him and it did that effect, but he just did it once, then it would have just been kind of funny. But he's like punching him repeatedly like with an angry face you know it just looks brutal yeah and um something distracts the beast and the lovely couple take that split second opportunity use their speed to grab Stephen Chow and escape yeah um and this, this is when the beast just murders the head of the ex-gang just the complete just kills them and takes over the gang yeah, I don't think he takes over on purpose. I think they just don't have anyone else to follow, so they just follow the beast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he starts giving him orders, though, and, and this man yeah, can do I mean, what he wants. They, he takes I don't think over. he cares. He just um, he uses them to help him find, find, the, um, find the people because yeah, yeah. he's mad. Um, and yeah, that they try and heal bandage him up and they're like, oh, anybody should be dead from this kind of thing. And 
they've wrapped him up and he's full all his full bodies and bandages Stephen Chow, Chow. <laughs> and he's like yeah no one would say she survive in reality but because he's <laughs> no his head was like snapped backwards like the way it doesn't go and flattened yeah yeah but but yeah he healed in a matter of what 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i think it was longer in the movie but but within, yeah maybe uh, it's like a minute of movie time but this is well, where we get the whole um, the, uh, final, mm-hmm. yeah final scene where we get back like the whole movie is filmed on the main street of a city the gang's headquarters and this little apartment block like, yeah there's like one or two other small set pieces but primarily it's like three, very three areas yeah um and so we're back here for the final showdown um and yeah, he's unleashed. It's kind of like your Gan- Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf White kind of scenario. <laughs> he kind of just comes back and now he's white. He's in white robes, isn't he? And he's all pure and I guess zen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it just happens. Being pummeled that badly unlocked his inner um, piece, I guess. Well, it unlocked the... Um, he had like chi blockage from that's something. right they do mention that don't they and the 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 beating like freed that up so he was able to use the full powers of his um buddha palm training yeah so it's a bit kind of convenient in some ways a lot of the film is convenient it is that's the story beats are there to help yeah. the story beats happen um but yeah we get this big battle where, well, he's taking out all the minions. He takes out all the the X gang people, doesn't he? Like he just starts fighting with them, and it's just completely. It's completely one sided. He's crushing them. Yeah, just flicking them around like rag dolls, and um, and this is where we see that the, the fight happens starts happening between the the beast and this guy, and he transforms when his legs become toad like, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, once he starts, like, like, kind of losing a little bit, he, uh, the beast switches over to his, um, Frieza form. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit funny, because doesn't he rip his pants, because his thighs get, like, huge? Yeah, and then he gets that gross (laughs) toad neck. Oh, yeah, the the toad. I can't make the noise, but it's gross. Oh, yeah, it's gross. It's like he's gagging and, and like, swung his own <laughs> flip. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> but, yeah, he has the ability to jump extremely fast and hard um, and smashes through the building. Yeah. What else happens here? It kind of just fights and then uh, doesn't he get, like, smashed into the sky? Yeah, it was, like, really quick because he... he gets blast or Steven Chow gets blasted into the sky by a headbutt and um he's just like up in the clouds <laughs> like shooting up like a rocket till <laughs> till he like reaches the um apex of the arc and sort of floating you know in that second before he used to fall back down and he finds his extra inner piece i don't know what's happening he basically realizes <laughs> like his, full, <laughs> his full buddha palm and 
he does like a weird like there's still kind of Looney Tune in here, so he does that thing where they it's not a it's like a sort of like a swan dive, like he's gonna swim, like dive into a pool, but then he you know sticks his hand yeah. out, um, and he just does his Buddha palm, but from like really really high up, and it's it's not even have to touch somebody; it's basically making a crazy huge like five meter size handprint on the ground but it's it's right over the beast and it's just crushing him um, into the ground as he's falling back down yeah just the, the, the force was that did he already do that the buddha palm and put out the hand shaped hole uh, through the whole building yeah was that before this or after this no remember. it was that was after that was after yeah but yeah, he's he's unlocked an uh, ability, yeah, to as you say, hit without hitting, uh, <laughs> to send out force. Um, yeah, it, as I think we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is that um, each fight kind of escalates and gets more and more ridiculous, and this one is at that peak. Like it's it's just so absurd that it's just kind of fun and yeah, not meant to be taken seriously. But yeah, that very first fight, it was it was more realistic and more in the realms of possible, with a little bit of wire work, but still, this is just absurd. <laughs> it's not wire work; it's yeah. all CG. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess that wraps the film up. It was it was a lot a lot happening, and it was kind of hard to follow, and it was really far. It was hustling along. It was at yeah. a quick pace. It's also pretty long. Like, I think they could have... I don't know where they would have trimmed it, but 10 minutes less, 5 minutes, something like that would have made it a little bit a tighter film. I think it jumped around a little bit too much. Yeah, it was all over the show. It's kind of hard to... But they were kind of using it to set up a lot. Like, the, yeah. I, I like that they took the time to set up our main character. And yeah, I mean, it all was. felt necessary. I just wanted, like, tighten it just up a little bit that's it yeah 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 i agree it probably could have been um maybe just get rid of the beast altogether and just have the villains as being those i don't know the two well, layer yeah, enemies that, that wouldn't have been enough kind of you needed one yeah, final true. boss yeah it's true just not do the frog part and it would have been fine <laughs> do something else yeah true but then we couldn't have flying buddha palm yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, all in all, it's a ridiculously funny movie. Like, it's a lot of fun. It's it's worth watching. It's a little gruesome at times, but in general, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, well, before we, before we completely wrap up, we did actually get some feedback, so let's address that. <laughs> Sorry. So, oh, this is our first we, feedback. I just remembered. Go ahead. Uh, now we've we've had well, we've had some. Um, we had a question last week from my. Um, but before we do that, we, there's a happy ending. Oh uh, yes, he gives up his villainous ways. Ridiculous happy ending. He sets up a lollipop shop. He does. He becomes. It's the like candy a Willy man. Wonka happy ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And his bone is his fat friend is his assistant, and they have like cute little, like striped matching suits and like yellow hats you know you're real classic I don't know 
what you'd call it. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's you'd recognize it. It's like iconic Candyman store owner from like oldie times <laughs> uniforms. It's quite funny. To uh, oldie times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and yeah, he gets and him and the the girl get together and they live happily ever after in their candy shop. Yeah, it's just cute. Oh, and a homeless man comes back and sells another. No, he sells three. Part. He sells three um, special techniques. Oh yeah, books to the kids him. like. Yeah, the kids like nah. Doesn't want just one. He doesn't want to pay too much for one book. And the guy's like, how about all of these? And it's like a whole handful of books. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and he had gross yeah. booger nose. Oh, the kid, yeah, that was gross. Yeah, okay, feedback from Pete. You said we had one from Mai? I don't remember. Last we did, last week we did. We did no, we do. Okay, okay, so this is feedback two. Feedback number two. And episode 13. <laughs> All right, Shoot. so um, Pete Lawson. Oh, our buddy, Mr. Worry. So, at Mr. Worry on uh, Twitter. Um... His first question, and, and we've actually answered all of these throughout the uh, uh, episode. Um, how many of the actors are veteran kung fu movie performers? Maybe none. Just wondered. Um, all of them. Oh, <laughs> like this whole cast. Shit. And way more than we actually covered uh, are in a bazillion movies from the 70s and 80s, 90s, and today. I guess the lead, the actress, the lollipop girl, she's probably the only one who isn't that yes. I know that I can identify. Yeah, she would be one of the more contemporary versus the um, the veteran actors, but but a good chunk of the cast is uh, veteran kung fu movies. Um, let's see, uh, can Tai Chi make you go all rubbery and indestructible? Um, I only studied Taiji for a little while, and I do not recall being taught the rubbery body and indestructible skills. So I'll have to say no. <laughs> you didn't get through the master level. I, I didn't get there because you didn't get through master level. <laughs> yeah, you're still get it, man. I, I guess I gotta gotta go back to training so I can get those sweet skills. Um. And then his his final point. Um, have you seen God of Cookery? Another Stephen Chow film. It's silly and lots of fun. The rolling around due to the glory of pork scene is hilarious. Uh, I have seen it, but it was a very long time ago, and I don't recall much of the details, so I'll just have to watch it again, and then <laughs> we'll discuss the said scene, I imagine. Uh, that, did you see God of Cookery? I imagine you probably not. No, I haven't actually. So we have to add that in as well. Stephen Chow list. It'll yeah, it'll go onto our Stephen Chow month that <laughs> that we'll pretend to do. Nice. Yes. So oh. thank you, Thanks Pete. For running in. Yeah, we really appreciated it. We don't ever hear from anybody, so <laughs> you'll you'll definitely get some airtime um, if you write in to us. We'll gladly read your questions and comments on the show, uh, address them, and uh, make a point of checking out any recommended films as we like to do. Yep. Um, what else? What else have we got? I think that was it. Uh, my phone on me, I can't check. I thought there was one other follow-up from after that. Was there? 
Um, oh, um, Tech Credo. We did get uh, Lars. Um, I guess he's Baltar now, but it's uh, Lars uh, at Tech Credo. Says, he liked the movie a lot. Watched it around the time it came out. Hadn't seen anything quite like it. Very imaginative. Colorful. Funny. Saw Shaolin Soccer after that. Wasn't as impressed by his journey to the West later. So... Well, uh, Lars, thanks. We'll, we'll definitely check out Shallon Soccer and Drench the West is always on the cards. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Yeah, yeah, thanks yeah, a lot for writing in. You know, <laughs> we, we're starved for attention. We'll, uh, we'll take what we can get. Uh, but it's all quality. Good, uh, good people, good listeners, and, uh, yeah, um, Send more comments into us, please. Reviews. We also like reviews. We have none <laughs> at this point. I don't think anyone sent anything official. Um, we are episode thirteen. Send us some. Uh, send us some stuff, <laughs> please. Thank you. That would be great. Awesome. I just like kung fu movies. Good yeah. Fun. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do this regardless, but <laughs> it's always nice that we hear back from you guys. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, this was a good this was a good fun chat, um, good fun movie. If you could get those soundtracks, that'd be awesome. Get yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for yeah, it because yeah. I, I want to put that uh, in here or maybe as the outro or something. I don't know. I'll, uh, cool. I'll dig around for it. Get that hustle going. That's right. All right, um, Vader. Where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, VaderVanOden.com, my gaming website with my son and myself. Um, at Sentinut underscore plus on Twitter. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. It's the only place I am on the internet. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's everything. Uh, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is a wrap. Oh, wait. wait. We have a catchphrase. Pretty cool. All right. Stay tuned next time for something else, something new, something kung fu. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.